This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Bring spring color inside this season with Bear Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the Bear exclusive color Arrowhead Lake or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass or accent your bedroom with sunrise-inspired colors like coral cloud and dark crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Welcome to Get a Grip with Max Homa and Shane Bacon, a production of iHeartRadio. Sports fans, golf fans, or just fans, welcome to Get a Grip with Max Holman, Shane Bacon. I am Shane Bacon. Max, you're back. Stateside, baby. How was uh, how was the Open Championship? It was sweet. Um, yeah, it is nice. It's nice to be back in America, I will say. Um, I, I loved Europe. I loved England. It was rad. The accents are just like, just, you're so envious the entire time you're there. Uh, they just always sound smarter and cooler than me which isn't hard to do, but it's especially easy over, over there. Um, I will say that the breakfast there, not my favorite thing in the world. Uh, their floppy bacon stinks. Give me some crispy bacon. Eggs is, is not good. Um, and I, I, I did dive in with like beans every morning for breakfast. Cause that's the thing over there. And I wanted to be, you know, I want to want to immerse myself in the culture. And, and I just have to say Saturday, Sunday, I gave up. I just was only eating fruit. Uh, <laughs> I even, you know, ate a muffin on Sunday, which I don't really eat usually like have like heavy food like that before I play, but I had to, uh, but other than that, it was amazing. Um, what a cool experience. Uh, I, I couldn't really knock the smile off my face on Sunday when, uh, you know, we drove to the golf course. It was just like the coolest entrance is cool bleachers um the golf course looked cool before i even stepped foot on it um i don't know man it was a true dream i think like after leaving the the open i think it's my favorite tournament i've ever played uh it's definitely the one i think now that you just like i I think a lot of us especially you know i was talking to taylor about it a lot um taylor gooch Gooch, yeah because it was his first one too we're just both talking about how like man we didn't realize you know, we we're, were like ranking now, like where we would put this in our in our majors, or like how we would label it if you know as the one you want to win the most or whatever. And it was just crazy because I just don't think I, we really got the weight of it until we we showed up there. But it, it was awesome. What was your welcome to Lynx Golf experience? Because for people that don't know, 
this is this was your first trip across the pond was this your first trip ever to europe even just recreationally or anything yeah i had a few opportunities to go before but uh through golf but they all always never worked out thought i was going to make a one of the team things in college and I didn't. And then I was going to get to stay there and do the British am, but I wasn't going to fly myself over to the British am too expensive. And then, um, I thought I was going to get the open two years ago <clears throat> and I ended up first alternate didn't go. And then last year obviously got canceled. So I had some chances, but yeah, I'd never even made it to Europe. I don't really go on vacation. So it had to be golf related. And, and I guess you just have to get your way into like the open championship or something to, for me to get my, my ass over there. Yeah. So what was your kind of like moment? You know, you you fly over, you know, you've kind of got to stay up all day, which is the weird thing where you feel like you need to stay up till you go to bed that night. That's how you kind of can beat jet lag, if you will. So you're going through that. I'm assuming you probably played golf first day over. Did you, did you hit balls or go find a golf course or do something? Well, we weren't allowed to leave our bubble, Shane. Oh, that's so. right. That's right. I forgot about the bubble. Yeah. Finding anything was not a thing. Uh, I went and to your point, I tried to stay up. So I went back to the hotel. I had to wait a little while there uh, for my room to be ready. And then uh, once it was, I changed and then went and hit balls at the course. And and I had to take a COVID test. Yeah, COVID test when I got there. Uh, wait around for the results and and the uh, and and hit some balls. And well, then they the course was actually closed that Sunday afternoon uh, for maintenance. So um, yeah, I didn't get to play, but you know I, I got to go feel out you know the turf and like even just going over to the chipping area um, and like hitting out of a pot bunker. Like it was just cool, you know. It, I guess <laughs> like, so. We yeah, got the welcome to the open. It was just right there, but. Even just driving in uh, and seeing the stands, I don't know why they just like stuck out more to me. Uh, it obviously was a shame with uh, the amount of restrictions we had. I wasn't really able to do anything. I wasn't able to go to merchandise or I guess one morning they had it open to just us, but I didn't, they didn't like, I, I was not informed of that. So we didn't get to do anything, but um, as far as my time at the golf course went, it was really, really cool. Um, and that was, yeah, that was my welcome. It's just seeing, I don't know, seeing the pop bunker, seeing the color of the ground, you know, I was obviously more yellow and brown on TV. Like just getting to see that and feel the turf turf's way different, man. It's like really firm. Um, the greens are like, they run at like the speed of my carpet. They're so slow um, and it's perfect. It's just like, it's beautiful. What's the, what was the hardest adjustment adjustment for you? Like the initial adjustment that you had to do right away that felt different than stateside golf, parkland golf. Um, well, I guess like the first stage is getting to know the golf course, I think is way more difficult than in the States. Uh, because of, I mean, you would know this as, as good as anybody, like the visuals off the tee, they really just like links golf. I've always heard that, you know, Tiger talks about St. Andrews. Of course he's dominated how he couldn't play there without, uh, the stands up. And that's pretty true at this place. I, I had no, I like no idea where I was going on the first tee. Like absolutely no idea. We were <laughs> laughing because one of the other caddies had been there back in, I think Oh three, when they did not have, uh, the yardage books with like the pictures in them, like we have them. And it's just was like, dude, that was the biggest trip. That's all I was really working on and writing in my notes uh, um, in my yards book that first day was like, I was being very specific with like, that's, that's your line between their, t them, those two chimneys or, or, you know, that grandstand and that bush and, and just trying to be like, that's your middle, uh, there's your left edge. And, and, you know, as the week went on getting more comfortable with those lines, but then as that wind switches a little bit, all of a sudden those lines change, like, I know they're just fractionally, but it, you know, it messes with your head. And, and, but I hear that's a big links golf thing. And, and that was definitely really apparent, like from the jump. I had a moment, I had an experience. I went over with my dad years ago to Scotland and we were going to play some lesser known, if you will, golf courses. Now I feel like they're very known, but 
on the list was Cruden Bay and Royal Aberdeen. And we show up to Royal Aberdeen and, you know, my dad wanted a caddy and I, I think I would have taken one, but I mean, I was in my early twenties. It's like, I'll carry my bag, whatever. And they didn't have any caddies available. And the guy is telling us in the pro shop and he, and he is like hammering this point home, make sure you turn back after nine. <laughs> Cause a lot of guys that go out on the golf course, go to the other, go- another golf course that's right next to it. Oh, and no. they end up at the wrong clubhouse. And when you're getting told that as an American, it doesn't make any sense, right? That's not something that happens. We have fences and gates and it's very closed off and it's not open and it's not just this place and this part. It's almost like a park right over there that you can kind of walk around and obviously very limited during an open championship. But I just felt like that was such a moment because it, it kind of explains Lynx golf. You, you At times you don't even know where to go in terms of 360 degrees. You know, if you, if I turned you around on a tee, you wouldn't be able to point me in the direction of the fairway in any direction, east, west, north, south, doesn't matter. That's some of the crazy stuff about links. And I think that's either you love it or you don't love it, right? You either embrace it or you don't embrace it right away. Yeah, 100%. I think it, take, yeah, it takes it takes uh, either getting used to or, or a certain type of uh, mind in golf, I guess, to just be able to get up there and be like, okay, cool, this is what we have, and that that's awesome. I'm sure some people don't love that right away. I mean, I don't know if that has anything to do with why Phil Mickelson took some time to fall in love with the open, but that could have definitely been one. Cause that's definitely something that's very different from the States. I feel like, you know, 99% of golf courses I've ever played over here um, in my life. Like you could just take me out and, and say, go ahead. And I could figure out where the fairways were and where the greens were. There's obviously going to be some things I'm going to be pretty confused by, but there, I, I don't know if I would, there was going to be multiple tee shots. I guarantee I would have missed them by, you know, 20, 30 yards at times, just because <laughs> you have no, really no concept of where. And, and, and the other thing is, um, you know, with how drastic the wind can be over there, there's bunkers that just seems so out of place. And then you're like, why would that be there? Like that's, you know, that, that'd be a horrible line to take, you know, all that stuff. Why? But then you realize that when the wind switches, that bunker all of a sudden makes the fairway smaller and it ends up being a bunker that you would aim at. And it's something to look at off the tee. So like, they just have a lot, there's a lot going on. Obviously the fescue is what lines it. And it's so tall that at times you can't see where the fairway begins. Um, and I loved every bit of that. I like the creativity of it. I, I liked getting to hear the other players who play really well, Colin, George, Jordan, uh, talk about how creative you need to be, um, how much different is than America. Um, I had a pretty interesting analogy I was thinking of because I know that, uh, some of our friends that do, uh, do, do podcasts and do the social media stuff, um, and golf and all, golf Twitter, a big complaint always with the PJ tour golf is that angles don't matter and it's not firm enough. And the golf courses just in general in, in the States aren't, uh, as fun to watch or uh, as fun to play, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. You know, we don't play bandit on tour. We don't play the sand valleys. We, we, you know, just finally started going to a place like, uh, Aaron Hills or something. Right. But I was thinking about it. Cause I, I left there thinking, man, that's one of my favorite courses I've ever played hands down. Um, I'm, I already believe that European golf, your uh, golf in Europe, I mean, is just better than in America. And that's okay. Because I thought of it this way. If I went to a winery in uh, Temecula, California, in Southern California. And the whole time I was there, I was complaining that it wasn't as good as the winery or the wines in Napa. It would be silly because the turf, the conditions they have, the environment that Napa has is known to be as good of an environment as you can have to make wine. Like I know that also Bordeaux and France is too, like that, that specific area. Well, 
Yeah, man, like Europe and, 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 and Scotland and England where we were like, yeah, we're right on the water and the turf is sand based. So it doesn't ever really get that soft. It rained tons and it just doesn't get soft. And then, yeah, now you can make the fairways bigger and you can make the greens a little bit more, um, uh, have bigger slopes where the angles matter more because it will never be too soft where you couldn't stop that ball over. We had the softest greens you could imagine for an open championship. And you could still, you, you still had a hard time stopping them. If you were downwind with a bunker, if a kicker off that bunker sloping away from the pin, you still couldn't do it. So it all mattered. And yeah, do I think that that's the best way to play golf now? A hundred percent. I think it's more fun. I think it is more challenging. I think it brings out who the best player is that week way better, but I just don't, that's not possible in America, in the, in the places we go, we go to the right. Midwest, we go to the Northeast, it rains everywhere in, in America and we don't have the sand based turf. So I kind of now, even more than I was before, I'm really annoyed that people continue to complain about the golf courses and say that they're not as good as once in Europe. Sure. They're not, but why are you complaining about it? You're you're that's where the tour is. Like I don't, if you, unless we move the PJ tour to Europe, which I guess could be options in my good ideas is we should have more PJ tour events. Cause it's not the American, American PJ tour. It's just right. the PJ tour in Europe. Put a couple more in there, make a little like a Florida swing, maybe four, make one. four weeks. Sure. Do that. And I think that would be great. But like, I guess I just don't get the complaining. Cause now that I'm there, now that I went there, I get why they are so much better. They have all the conditions you could ever ask for to make all of these things more valuable in the game of golf. And I think that's really cool. That's why it's such a good time, but I'm not coming home. going to go play Whisprock, which is literally the exact opposite of these places. <laughs> it is straight up hit it exactly where you're looking. If you miss it, you're screwed. It won't be windy, but you're going to be challenged in like one, maybe two facets of the game. Do I think that's not as fun as, um, and creative as Europe? No, I don't, but I love that golf course because it's a different you can type love them of both. golf. Yeah. Right. So like, you can love know. them both. Um, so, okay. So you are, and, and we were talking about this when we t chatted last time, but with the bubble and with the way it was for you guys for this open, it was pretty much tournament specific, like your entire focus. And I know that's most of the time, but everything you're doing is basically around the golf. How much more time considering the bubble, considering you had never played in an open before, considering you hadn't played links golf before how much more time. And, and I want hours. If you can have a guess at this. Did you spend practicing and preparing for Thursday than you would typically at a, at a, at another golf tournament? Yeah, I would. I mean, shoot, uh, maybe not. I definitely felt like I was slower there. You know, like I wasn't never in a rush to be done lunch. I was never in a rush to chip and, and run, you know, run around the course. I was always just kind of, uh, okay with taking the whole day. I mean, I would imagine I was probably at the golf course for two to three extra hours every day um or the for the prep days just because first off it is a little bit more prep and second like there was no reason to ever go back because in our hotel we were allowed to go into like a common area downstairs but you could only sit with the people in your room staying with you in your bubble and i was staying by myself so i literally had a table <laughs> of one now they were really cool and like i could talk to the you know i could it wasn't like i was way spread out but like that's not exactly exciting, you know, like there's a table of one chair at it. And, it, you know, we were joking that it was my table, you know, it's literally my table. So I had a lot, I actually had a lot of fun this weekend. Like it, it worked out really well, but yeah, nobody really wanted to leave the golf course, but you had to do that at the course too. You had to, uh, in the dining area, we had to only sit with like your team. So that would consist of Joe, Mark, my coach, and then, uh, 
Edward, my um, physiotherapist, like they were the only people that I was allowed to sit with. People might've pushed that a little bit here and there as the week went on, but really like (laughs) there's signs everywhere. Like it was pretty intense, man. So it was, it was kind of like, you know, I'd rather be out chipping and putting and hitting and walking and anything else, but that, uh, so, I mean, yeah, I was really fortunate that we got to, and grateful that we got to go play, um, over there and get to still have the tournament, but obviously it was a grind. I mean, shoot me and Joe were probably together, you know, what would that be? 12 hours a day, like always, Maybe more? he's, he's right. eating, he's eating with me. We're practicing together. We're warming up together. Uh, the only time I wasn't with him is he was staying with Mark. And, uh, so they were driving back and forth from the course. So like it was a different week. Yeah. So it was a lot more prep. Um, but again, it also felt like you were just, it was almost like you were a kid and your, your parents would drop you over the course and like, I'll be back at eight. And it's kind of like, all right, well, I just, you know, I'll just do whatever. Like I'd sometimes I'd just be sitting inside and I'll just keep sitting inside because it's like, <laughs> I don't know what else. I'm not going to go hit balls for six hours. Maybe I could turn it into five and then I'd be hitting balls. And then like, we'd start like messing around, hitting hooks and cuts. You really did feel like a little kid again. Um, and, and it, it was cool because it was also like the, we had unbelievable weather, which saved the, saved the week. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was, it's interesting, but again, uh, restrictions lifted today. Um, and uh, I'm glad that they get to go back because it was obviously pretty, pretty tough over there. Yeah, I was going to ask you if it felt like college or high school golf in a way, because, you know, you're at the golf course, you're kind of hanging with either your team or the group of people you're around. And that's kind of who you're hanging out with. I mean, there wasn't as much probably outside stuff going on as there typically is at a professional golf tournament. Yeah, it's a great point. It did. And and even even after like in our little common area at my hotel, which was only open to players, caddies and like like uh, coaches, personnel um, in that common area, we would eat at the bar every night and uh, at our own like little tables. But we would all try to go at the same time. So we have people to talk to through, uh, across the room and 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 watch TV with. So like that was also felt more like college, like Ricky and Joe were staying there and Ricky every night would be like, hey dinner at six 30. I said, I'll be there at six 30. Um, you know, and we grind and watch it and it was fun. I mean, shoot, I, we watched, uh, we would watch the golf after the rounds and then, cause the golf wasn't on in our rooms, but it would be on in that little bar area. So everyone would go down there and, and watch. And then, uh, cricket would come on after I learned how to play that game and that game's awesome. Uh, and then darts would come on. So like you're, it really did feel like college in the sense that you're, you're just, you're, you're doing anything as long as you don't have to sit all by yourself or like the quote unquote, like do homework. Like you want to do something else, but yeah, uh, everybody was much more inclined. I felt like to be at the course, um, you know, as much as possible. Cause it was just going to be the same. It would be better than being inside at your own hotel. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal. Unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. 
Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> All right, so you start this open. Your yes, first sir. ever open. Your first open championship, Max. The very first one you've ever played in, Lynx Golf. And you make double on one. I need you to walk me through the first hole, and I need you to take me through Max Homa emotional roller coaster for that 20 minutes yeah it was a great double honestly and uh i'll start off or lead it with uh after i finished the round scov texted me uh and i guess uh, tiger in 03 tripled the first hole his first hole that tournament so it actually felt kind of good to see that um <laughs> yeah i mean dude i've been playing really really well this season i've had one week where the golf swing didn't feel good i've had weeks where the putting was off and obviously I haven't scored great every week, but I'm playing really well every week. It feels good. And all the majors, especially like I felt really quite comfy at as far as where my game was at. And this one I think was the most, I most, the, the best I felt about it. I was hitting it really well. Putter started to feel a lot better. Pitching has been getting better each week. So I was stoked, man. And one uh, is a really hard tee shot. Don't know how to explain it. The stands block the wind. It literally feels like it might be in off the right. And it is always down hard off the left with the wind we had. And I learned that. So it's not an excuse. I'm just saying it's, it's you don't feel it. You can't see much of the fairway. Everyone seems to hang it right. Uh, it's a little dog leg, right? Hang it right. And it's very thick over there. Uh, every day I had pulled it left. I never even got to this. Like I would only barely get to the long stuff. And so it's like, it, but it just was hard to hit it left. So I get up there and I miss the fairway 
every single day of this tournament, but you know, obviously we're talking about Thursday. So I'd miss it every day in the practice rounds too. So I wasn't feeling exactly comfy on that tee, but again, like I've been, I'm swinging the club. Great. I had a great warm up. Like I'm very much excited to go play. I'm a little bit nervous as I get to the tee, but not that bad. And I hit drive and I hit it pretty well. Um, and it just cuts too much and goes in the stuff. And I'd been over in the stuff and I watched golf all morning, uh, trying to see how the course was playing. And I was watching the feature groups and I, my lie was the worst lie I saw both my lies were the worst lies I saw all week. I get up there and a lot of it's kind of flattened out from walking. And there's this one like bush area or like tall grass area, the thick one though. And the guy's like standing right on, right when I saw how he was standing, I knew it was not good. And I couldn't see it at first. He was telling me like, I had to come back and look at it uh, from, you know, towards the green side. Cause it, the grass was laying towards the hole, which is good, but it was very tall. And my ball wasn't on the ground. It was in the, air in this grass like it hadn't fallen to the ground yet and so i'm about maybe 12 yards from the fairway to my left i'm 135 150 out but the thing is is that i didn't want to go for the green because there's a bunch of bunkers that are guard the front which honestly wouldn't have been that bad but i saw to cover probably like 40 50 yards of if i hit a dead straight of uh hay and i wasn't sure if like I'm not hitting the ball off ground. So like, I can't like, I could miss the ball, I guess is right. my point. Like I wasn't really sure how I was going to hit the golf ball. And you know, you're just trying to, this other thing is I'm just trying to get off to a good start, even a bogey at this point. I'm like, just don't be an idiot. I've clearly made a bunch of big numbers in these majors this year. Like that's been my biggest problem. I made, I've made triples. I've made doubles. I've made a quad. Like I've just been doing a bad job of that. And so I was like, all right, let's pitch out. And as far as pitching out goes, I still didn't really know what I I could do. Like I, I wasn't sure. So I decided to go kind of backwards and left, which was my best way to get club on ball. And I didn't hit it hard enough at all. Like, I mean, the cl- club just stopped and it only went about 15 to 20 feet and it went into the next worst lie. I saw a week. I couldn't could barely see the ball again in this other type of fescue. And now I'm like, well, now I have no play. So I have to pitch out again. It's just dead sideways. But like, I didn't know how hard to hit it. Like, I just sh- tried to hit one, like a pretty, like a 30 yard pitch, and it went, you know, 15 feet. So the next one, I swing quite harder, and my like, shaft gets completely ripped left, and my ball comes out as a rocket dead left, like almost over my left shoe through the fairway into the hay again. And I told Joe, like, I, I was like, this is like, this is your actual real life nightmare. Like, right, right. Sometimes you tell yourself, like, this, like, a, uh, uh, anxiety, um, tip like if you're ever anxious about something ask yourself what the worst possible thing that can happen is and you'll realize it's not that bad and then you just go like it's all good this was worse than i would have like this is what i would have pictured as worst case scenario for how you start the thing like you can't get the ball out of the rough like you you literally can't advance i'm trying to chip out like i'm trying my damnedest (laughs) just to to be smart so then i get in this in the rough and now i have another shitty lie but it's a way better than the last ones have been it looked like the normal um lies you probably saw on tv where the balls it's not sitting great but it's i can hit the ball and that one came out like terrible as well uh, but i got it up in the air and i got lucky it landed between two bunkers and hopped up and got in the middle of the green i had like 40 50 feet and i'm just like exhausted now i'm putting for five from 40 50 feet uh it's blowing the wind is humming like 
we'll get to that, but the wind is humming and I hit my putt and I miss hit it. And it, the greens like over there guys, like they're just really, really slow. You like, if you ever complain about like your greens being slow, which is a common thing in America, like that's probably how fast they are over there. Like they're as slow as I could ever remember playing greens in my life, but they're pure. So I hit this putt and I miss hit a little bit and it comes up like five and a half feet short. And now I got this putt, like right edge, it's blowing really hard and I'm putting for double and, uh, I, I get over it. Wind blows me off it, back off, get back in it. I'm like wide stance, leaning left. And I just hit it. I just said, you just have to hit this thing. I had even told myself, I was like, dude, you can just make trip, like make triple, like convince yourself. It's okay. Like it's okay. Just get going again. And I make it. And Joe told me later, he's like, you should have fist pumped it. Cause honestly it was overall like a very good, <laughs> like a great six. Yeah. And I walked to two, just hating life. Like, but like, and it's oddly okay. Mine st- like a state of mind for some reason. Cause I knew I was playing good. I like, that was the biggest thing is the walk to two is a long walk. And I was just trying to tell myself, I was like, you know, I, I just was having flashbacks of all, like I had the flashback of the quad I made at PGA on 17. And I had flashbacks of the double I made at um, uh, US Open when I was making a you know little charge on Friday. I was just having these flashbacks and this long walk. I was just told myself, I was like, dude, I said, you are playing too good for this. Like you are. And I, I was, I think I was on the, in the second fairway. Maybe I was walking up to my ball second hole. And I said, you are not finishing worse than two over today. Like just figure out how to shoot even. You know, but it was hard because it was blowing really hard. And those first six holes in that wind is really, especially five holes, is really demanding when it's windy. And I played great. I, I didn't make a bogey for the rest of the day and made a couple birdies. But, man, that, that first hole felt like it was never, ever, ever going to end. And it's just not how you want to start any tournament, but let alone a major one that you've never played before, one that, um, you know, it, it's the last major of the season. I, don't, I wouldn't get another chance for 200-some days, so. It was a nightmare, but that, you know, that's the open, I guess, you know, you could get one shot in a bad lie. And if it was five feet right of that, it would be okay. And it wasn't, you know, we talk a lot about the, the, the mental challenges of professional golf and the way you've handled the the mental side of stuff over the last year. At what point, because it's so hard to let the stuff go, you know, that's what I think people maybe look past sometimes is when something goes poorly for you or for anybody it's not so much about the bounce back. It's about accepting it and letting it go. Right. And saying, okay, that happened. Like you said, make seven, who cares? When were you kind of back in the round? Was it on two T was it in two fairway? Like, when did you have that moment where you went, I don't give a shit what just happened. I am going to have a round today. I'm going to play good golf today. I think I still, I think I still was in like an outer body experience on the T on two. And I hit a very good drive on two. I mean, it went, it missed the fairway, but it, that's kind of where you just hit it. You hit it through the fairway in the, in the right. Like if you keep it in the first cut, like that would be your, obviously that'd be fine. And I did that. And when I hit the ball well on two, it almost like, as I was walking up to that ball on two, I was thinking to myself, like it was a reminder that I was playing fine. Like I made one marginal golf swing, like one right. that if it wasn't windy, you know, no one would have thought was a bad shot. And so it's almost like reminding me like, Hey, like, you know, you, it's it's okay. It, it all these things are always so circumstantial. Like uh, PGA Championship, I make a I play pretty well all day. I play really well all day. Score okay all day. I'm like even or one over going into 17. Totally in the golf tournament, and I make I make a marginal golf swing and then hit a bad shot and make a seven. And it's almost like I, you work all day, 
knowing you did well and you just punted it away. You, you, it, that's how I saw it. I punted away. Now, if you would have given me that quad, maybe on the first hole, maybe I actually play better coming down. I don't know because you know, at the U S open, I, uh, play shitty on Thursday and on Friday, I come out really, really good golf. I make very few mistakes, uh, all day. I, you know, I make a bogey on 11, but whatever par 12, like life is fine. I need to come in the house, maybe one, two birdies. And I'm very much in the golf tournament with a great weekend. Um, and I hit one, you know, one, two bad shots, one bad decision and make double on 13. It's almost like you just, you did all this work and then you just throw it away. So it's almost oddly enough, like it's the first hole of the tournament and I gave all that back. And it's almost like I could walk to that second tee or up the second fairway being like, all right, I spotted everybody too, but you have all this golf in front of you. It's almost easier to panic when it happens in the middle to end of your day. Cause it feels like you have a better bearing on how you were playing. And then you just like, can't believe you messed up. So I don't know, maybe that helped, uh, it helped that it was really windy at that moment too, because I knew it was going to be hard. Like that's the other benefit of when days are impossible feeling that it's like, everyone's going to have this moment. Like you're not the only person that's going to struggle today. So like you have to figure out your way to like bring it back. And again, like I said, I, I, I've been playing really well. So it's like, once I had that T-shirt on two and remembered that I did, that I was playing really well, it almost like got me back into it. The only part that was difficult, I felt like those first five holes because of how hard they were was when you make those mistakes, it's so common to try and make a birdie really fast. And that's usually where you get going bad or good. I mean, maybe you miracle a birdie and you know, like, but this golf course links golf where these pins were that day, where the wind was coming from for, for those first few holes, birdies weren't really there. And it was very hard. And, and I felt like w- we did a great job of like, back to discipline golf, like right off the jump. Like, yes, you may double. Yes. You have a wedge into a left pin wind off the left, um, on the next hole, but it's like, that's not the pin we were ever going to go for Hit it to 20 feet, which I did maybe make it, maybe don't. Okay. Missed it. But it's like, get back into the groove of like, just playing the round of golf and do not try to hero ball this your way out of it because that's where majors. And that's what I learned this season is, you know, Mark, Mark basically having a, 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 you know, talk with me after every major that obviously came up short of even making the cut in this year is like these courses don't, they will punish you for that. If you're a little off, they punish you. So if you decide that now is the time you're going to go for something and you're wrong, you will get kicked. And it's like, man, I, 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 it's a learning curve. And and I feel like that part was the best part of what we did, but um, I don't know. It obviously still is just a literal nightmare of a start. Like you want to cry. Like you want to just sit there and be like, what? I just flew for 12 hours over here, (laughs) spent all the money in the world to get here and um, have this, all this great practice and grind and in the rain on Monday. And like, ah, I'm so excited to come. And then it's like, you feel like the tournament's over in a hole and, but you got to keep moving. I don't know. I keep preaching it and I've been working on it and it's been really good for three weeks. So it's like, do you really care what happens? Like, do I really care what happens? Like, sure i do a little bit but like i I can't control that one so it's like control the controllables like yep i can't fix what just happened so it's like you have to be like i know in the depths of my heart what i did was right like i i i played the shot it was almost okay like i can't be that mad 
you have to like move on. It's really hard. But like I said, maybe because it was in the very beginning of the day, it wasn't as hard because I really almost got the swaggy like, you know, it's almost like if you and I were playing and you're like, uh, you know, you want to play today? And I said, sure, you get two. And like we go to the T. It's like, you know, screw you. I'm going to still beat you. Whereas right. when it's in the middle of the day, it's a lot harder to get that mindset. But it was more like I was like, all right, everybody, good luck. I'm only giving you two shots this whole week. You know, it's <laughs> odd. But uh, that's how I, it kind of you know, you have to take that mindset all the time. So like, that's the learning experience now, but like, it was a little easier because it was the first hole. Dude, it's it's so funny the way you said you went to two and your mentality about not trying to grab it right back. I always have preached this about match play and it even happens in professional match play. Even when you guys do like the Dell or when there's the Ryder cup or president's cup, when players get down in matches early, a lot of the time they give extra holes away by trying to get overly aggressive. Either putting, you know, you've got 20 feet for birdie and you're three down in a match early. It's like, I've got to make this. And you end up running at four feet by. And then sometimes you miss that putt and then you give another hole away, right? It's like you're giving shots away by trying to make shots up. I love the patience of it, right? Getting to two and going, okay, let's get back to the idea of what we were trying to do to start the week anyway, because we just got kicked in the nuts on one. So I got to figure out, I got to figure out what the hell we can do for the next 17. Um, yeah, that's the interesting part. Like the, um, the thing about like ex people talk about experience in sports or I guess everything, but in my life, like in sports all the time, how experience matters. And it's always so amazing to see someone like Colin, who I'm sure we'll talk about or Jordan, who will talk about like how, how, how successful they are so fast. Because I do think that as I've gotten older, I mean, I'm 39. I've been playing professional golf for eight years. I've been on PJ tour for five years, seeing all the best players in the world uh, week in and week out that like, I'm starting to understand what people mean about experience. And I know that sounds silly, but when you're a kid, that just sounds stupid, man. It's like, I'm better than you at golf or, or you're better than me. And let's just go play and see what happens. But here's where the experience helps. It only helps if you can remember it. That's the, remember those feelings. And maybe like we write, I write stuff down all the time when I'm thinking it. And like, you know, even if I'm telling Lacey something and she'll be like, write that down. Like, so that when you aren't thinking of it, you can remind yourself of it. So 1,000 times, if not more, in my life of professional golf, I have played shitty. Oh, we're about to get a bark. No? All right. Come on, Scotty. Oh, there she goes. There we go. <laughs> so late. She's on my time, too. Um, so <laughs> I, I've, I've gotten off to a bad start on like a Thursday, and uh, I've been like two over through nine, and I just think to myself, that is the how that is so bad. Like that is just so, so, so bad. Like you got to You cannot shoot over par here. And then I'll shoot five over on the day. And every single time walking, walking out of the golf course, off the golf course, into locker room or into my car, I'm always like, I would pay any amount of money to be two over and not five. You dumbass. Like, because now we have no chance to make, now we have to shoot six under, make the cut. We just right. had to play another good day of golf and we'd be back in the golf tournament the next day. Like stop, forcing it like today is not your day you are not playing well like like it, it's the same thing we we joke about you and i shane like if i hit a ball on the trees and <laughs> then i decide that oh well i'm gonna go through that gap in the trees obviously it's like you're you're so bad you have to hit it from all the way over here you think you're good enough to hit it through those trees now like it's like you're too over you think you're playing well enough to hit that five iron draw around the tree left to right window a back left pin with water left you think now's the time that you can pull that <laughs> off like no make your par get back in the round like ease your way back in and like this was a very good ex uh, example i'm not saying that i did everything perfect but i went back to just exactly what we were trying to do and i reminded myself that man you're playing some really good golf and i go in, out and play like I think 29 straight holes without a bogey at the open championship in wind. 
that's what happens. So like, yeah, I made, man, I made a double, but I didn't make that double a triple. It was, I turned the first day, which I didn't hit it great. Turned the first day in 75 into a 70. And then I play the next day and shoot one under, which should have been, let's say two or three, but listen, man, you're back in the golf tournament. Life, life goes on, but it's just so easy in golf. Like you said, to want to fix everything. It's like, sometimes you just make a 20 footer when you're not expecting it how often do you make one when you're really trying to make one? Like they, it, there's no difference. Like let your, just free yourself up to just hit the golf shots. And you know, at, so sweet, like the experience thing uh, that I kind of uh, forgot to mention is like Augusta this year, Augusta, I, um, you know, I'm struggling and like, I'm not really like in the golf tournament. I'm like really barely, maybe not like, I don't think I'm going to make the cut. Like I need a run in my head and I get to 11, hit the fairway. And I hit this little, like I have this little second shot and, and I don't, I'm being a little too aggressive with it and I, I don't pull it off and I make bogey or maybe this was the one in November. I make bogey or double or something. And I'm like, oh, like you can't do anything right. Like, what are you doing? And then I freaking birdie like 13, 14, 15, 17, like whatever. I go on a bananas run and miss a cup. I won. It's like, why did that feel so important at the time? Like, but it's just, the, it's, it's golf. It lulls you into this. Every shot feels so freaking important. But if you really do, just keep playing the right shot. Maybe you make like I like maybe you make the 30 footer that gets you back in it. Colin did it on Saturday, and I swear it's what won him the golf tournament on 13. Not that he was trying to do anything, but on 13, one of the hardest holes on the course, you know, he was playing kind of bad on Saturday. It was really, it didn't seem like he was gonna be in it. And he makes that 25 footer out of nowhere on 13 for Birdie, and and it moves him back to within like two, but it really just got the round, I feel like, moving back forward. And it's like he didn't force anything. He probably saved a few shots earlier by playing the right way and then goes and dumbs one in and back off to like going in the right direction. That's golf four days of kind of like mental warfare. And that's the silly, that's the silly part of it is like, you know, you, you, the harder you try, the worse you play almost every single time. And, and um, you know, that that's especially in majors, they, they want you to try really hard to make a birdie because that's when you're going to make a bogey almost every time. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. 
You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my day. That's my day. big was it for you personally to just make the weekend I mean I know you had a you're looking for more than just making the cut but just in this major in this open first open you're playing in it first time playing links golf like how important was it as you're looking back on the week to to make the cut and make it with with some good solid play kind of after that first hole you talked about yeah it was it, it like sucked to admit to myself but like yeah it was it, it I've obviously played terrible in majors. I have my best finishes at Beth Page. I like 60 something. I've only made one cut in a major in my whole career. It's like not a good uh, feeling and, and not something I want to go say like, oh, I just want to make the cut. But yeah, like it's not that I just want to make the cut. But as I was grinding on Friday afternoon, I wanted to make that cut real, real bad. Like I was trying my damnness to just kept sa- to keep saying every birdie you make is one close to the lead. Like I try to all the time, but I couldn't get it out of my head. I was like, I, I got to make a cut in a major. I got to play four days of this and see what it feels like to play a Sunday at a major. Like I need to start feeling this pressure and, and learning how to shoot under par on these courses. Like I have to get more experience. And so, yeah. So when I made the cut, it felt really good. Uh, it, it uh, you know, admittedly, like I, I don't, you know, it's not, I want to, I want to, go out there and only care about winning and losing. But this week felt like it sadly like a, a baby win uh, for it because I got to, I got to change the narrative of my major championship uh, kind of resume. Uh, and, but it was cool. But it was also really fun to be there just for, you know, it feels good to make the cut there because first off you fly across country or the world right. to get there and 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 you don't want to be there for like four or five days um and also you just want to keep playing the golf course i want really wanted to walk up and see that amphitheater on sunday on 18 it's just so cool so um yeah it, it really did it did feel really good it, it um i didn't have the best year of my career and i didn't want to miss f- four cuts and four majors um and so yeah so if i would have got off to a better start it probably wouldn't have lingered in my brain as much but grinding on friday afternoon uh it was pretty or friday you know mid midday and it was still pretty windy as like man like you gotta you know do your best to like not think about it but obviously it, it was one of those things i just like couldn't couldn't avoid thinking about i just I, I knew i knew it mattered and like that was the tough part but it played really you know i played solid 
Yeah, you, you. I mean, you made one. You make the double on the first hole on Thursday. You make one bogey on for the rest of Thursday and Friday, which is pretty yeah. damn impressive. Um, what was the birdie on seventeen? I texted you after that. There was a lot of fist pumping on my end when it came up on my phone, but I didn't see the birdie. Um, what'd you do? Like, how long was the putt? Because to me, it was like I'm sure when that putt went in, in your mind, you're like, okay, perfect. Yeah, yeah. So like I said, I was trying not to think about just making the cut. But when it did come in my head, Lacey said something very interesting to me uh, earlier this year after I had missed a cut. She used to do cross country and track and field. And her coach would always say, like, kind of run through the finish line, like, like, don't run to it, like, act like there's more to go. Because when you start to just see that finish, you you put too much pressure and you end up typically making a mistake in what you're trying to do. So she's like, instead of looking at it as like the 18th hole, you got to be even by then, like, just keep, just play, just play, play. Like there's few more holes after that. Cause you would play it differently. Right. So once I couldn't get out of my head, I was like, I'm going to go with that thinking. I'm just going to keep playing knowing what is that thing. Maybe I'll be a little bit more uh, conservative or whatever, but I'm not going to play like one more ho- or three more holes, two more holes, one more hole. Like, because that's when you hit one bad one. It's like, Oh shoot, I can't make bogey here. And it's like, right. But I you, have two you more can, holes left. Yeah. But you can make a birdie. Like you all, that's always an option. Right. So yeah. So playing solid and yeah, tr- again, like, 17 hit a good tee shot and and hit the smart second shot uh joe and i were between clubs and i felt like i did a really good job of being like i like this one like this one feels good to me i feel like this one's not only going to be the um you know it's going to get left in the right place and i think it has a good chance of being really good without being overly aggressive like i felt like we talked through had a beautiful shot and i finally had like these greens are pretty crazy for links links golf and i finally had a pretty straight left to right uphill putt and I buried it right in the middle, gave it like a little fist pump because I was, again, like I couldn't stop thinking about it, but I felt like I was doing a really good job of like owning what I was thinking about and like moving it to the side when I needed to and still making good swings. And yeah, and then I go to 18 knowing that I have a bit of a buffer, but it also then gave me some like excitement to be like, all right, well, let's birdie 18 too. And now let's start moving the right direction. Cause if you couldn't get out of your head, at least your play isn't like hindering you from like moving forward. And so that was good. But um, yeah, I mean, I've had so much dumb stuff I've done on the last couple holes of every term, but you know, majors of missing cuts. Like it's like finally to just like get over that hump because I do think honestly, dude, like after playing uh, these four, like four majors, like I don't, see why I can't win any of the four. I, my game suits really well for Augusta. I think that was, again, that's going to be really a lot of pressure more so than I think the golf and, and the putting for me, I guess would be a big thing. Um, the U S open fits me. Great. Um, uh, PGA is pretty much just a big PGA tour event. And, uh, the, the open championship, I think fits me as, as well as all, most of them. Cause you don't need to bomb it. And you can think your way around the place a little bit more. So it's like really exciting. So like you want to then go say, okay, well you need to play four days here then if you want if you really think that like you don't want to end the year on it this like super sour note and so i think that's why it mattered a little bit extra for for me because uh you know it's one thing to 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 keep telling yourself in your head but you need to you need to feel it see it at some point so okay I, you're you're the best iron player that i've ever played golf with and i you know you're one of the probably top i don't know 30 iron players that lives on this planet which is pretty cool to say by the way um <laughs> When you're over there playing in this type of golf, and I know you guys didn't get the wins that you typically get in an open championship, but how much is your approach to approach shots, yardages, clubs out of the bag, you and Joe's approach, how much is it like history of what you guys do typically, and how much is it feel? 
And is it like a, a marriage of the two? It's a marriage. It was, I found it very, uh, because we worked the ball a lot, I think more so than, than a lot of other players on tour with the irons, I felt like we could get into a rhythm really quick because you do, we over talk how the shot's going to come into the green, even if we're playing like soft ass Minnesota, like right, we, yeah. we, that's just how we do it. Cause I like to move it and I like different windows. Right. So over there, you, everyone has to like you, if your ball's curving left with the right to left wind, it's going to go eight more paces on the ground than if it's going the other way. Um, if not more. So that all matters. Uh, so, but you, that adds into feel too. Cause you also have to feel like, man, like does the draw with the right to left or the cut feel better? Because you would think cut should be the right shot, but maybe you don't think you can get enough out of it. Like, so there's a lot of feel with that too. The hardest part though, I found with the short irons was you, you play a lot off, off, um, you know, like the revisionist, like your, 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 your history of shots on a course, like of feels of how far a shot went, but because of how windy it is, I know it wasn't that windy, but it's still windy enough because of how windy it is because the turf is a little bit different because you're trying to bounce balls up and take different windows. You very rarely hit a shot from 75 yards and, or, and say, okay, I hit that 75. And then you have one like five holes later, that's the same shot. So it's hard to like keep going back on a feel. And like, that's what I think I'm, I'm good at with wedges is, you know, I'll hit a one Oh eight sandwich. And we'll have another one, two holes later. And I'll hit the exact same one Oh eight sandwich. I just feel like you have so few of those. It really separated who the best iron players are like, you know, Colin Jordan, you know, those guys seem to keep doing it well, where someone like me, who's a good iron player for sure. Like I was struggling to like keep owning those numbers and, 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 and maybe the flights of them. So that, that's where it was, it was interesting. But again, that's why I like this golf is so good. Cause I really think it separates, um, good shots, great shots and decent shots and bad shots. Like I think it's all good. So, uh, that, that was fun, but, um, yeah, there's a lot more thought that goes into it, man. Like that, that ball gets blown around. Uh, uh it's, it's just, it's different. Your ball needs to be hit a ball close. You need to hit it almost. I would imagine how really how you're thinking. Cause we had a lot of phenomenal shots to 30 feet where we did everything we wanted to. It's just like, you can't, you can't always be dead on with the, with the wind. That's why it would makes what Colin does so amazing. Uh, he's obviously the best iron player in the world by almost like double at this point with the stats <laughs> and he proves it, you know, this windy and he's pin high all the freaking time, man. And it just means that he not only is, is he hitting his windows? Like he mentioned in his, uh, post round one day, but he's also hitting the ball the same exact way every time. Cause he ha he is, he, ha he, if you're going to say what you, you mentioned, what you just said, like you have to marry the two, the feel and like the past shots. And, you know, he, he's doing all that because he's hitting it right out of the middle. So it's easy to be like, yeah, the last time I hit this shot, it went 150. So I'm going to do that one because we have 150 here. And it's like, yeah, a lot, you know, a lot of times you'll be like, yeah, well, I want to hit this 180. But that last time I did that, I hit a 180. But, you know, did I miss it? Like, you know, maybe I didn't catch it exactly the same, uh, you know, flushness off the turf and like he he seems to every every damn time so uh a few questions on some just links golf stuff um did you try any wicked wild crazy link shots over the 72 holes and if you did what was it was it successful or was it not successful <laughs> yeah thursday man i hit it a straight down win on sun uh, on 17 straight down win there's a huge false front there it's probably the biggest one on the course um it, you know, it's probably like eight, 10 feet high. Uh, pin is just barely up on the top right or uh, front right. So just above the, uh, that false front front. And I had, uh, eight, 86, 
pole and like a hundred or 86 front, like a hundred pin or something like that. I think something like that. And it's humming downwind. We're out of the first cut and uh, I hit pitching wedge uh, and landed it like 70 yards, 75 yards and ran it up the hill instead of hitting lob wedge. Cause we didn't think anything could stop up top anyways. So we just, and I, it was such an awkward shot, but again, like this is the cool part about over there for me being first time. Like I was smiling over it. Like I was so excited to try it where I feel like if I was doing that in a normal event, I've been pissed cause I want to make birdie. And I did, I hit a good one, 25 feet, two putt for par. Um, but yeah, it was like, man, welcome to links golf. Now this course didn't quite have as much of that. It wasn't quite as firm, uh, and they don't allow for as many run-ups, I guess, because there's a lot of these mega false fronts. So you would just rather bang it over the green at times. But we had a few, you know, where you're hitting these shots that are going to bounce up a little more around the greens, especially, um, you know, you had to, because they were these big fall-offs on the sides of greens and fronts of greens, you could play really any club you wanted. I remember like the practice round on nine, I had five clubs I used over on this one chipping area. <laughs> I, I, just, I didn't. I kept going through them and I was like, Joe, I have no idea which one's right. Like, and that was, cool, that was so cool, man. Like that was, and it, what, I, what I ended up writing on my book after I did that was do not hit it here. Cause you can't, you had 10 minutes, couldn't figure it out. So you, you got 40% of your clubs over here and you don't know what the hell to use. Uh, what was the longest iron you used to chip during the tournament? Uh, I don't know if I did it in the term. I ended up putting so much, but five iron was kind of like, I hit this, like I hit this like back footed p- bump five iron a lot that just, it basically is just a putt. Um, and it's typically when you got to go up a hill, but I, I put a lot from off the greens and was pretty successful with it. Um, and yeah, that's the other cool part is like, you know, you can almost always put, uh, the only times you don't want to, especially with these greens is like, if you weren't putting straight up a slope, you were putting across it. It was going to break so much. It was almost like, all right, now you need to take out something with some loft and fly that part or else it's going to be really hard to get the, the, uh, the accuracy, right. And like, I think that was cool. I don't know. I think these are from what people were saying, um, and you could, you could tell me if, correct me if I'm wrong, but these are the craziest of the greens of like the road, right. like as far as humps and bumps go. So I don't think that we would, you could probably put more often from other places, but this one, it was like, you had to think, am I going to fly the, this ridge or am I going to put it and try to read the ridge? Um, I know that who you're paired with, who you're playing with, you know, is, is, I don't want to call it an afterthought, but I mean, you know, it's part of your job. You play with different people every week when you get late on Sunday or late on Saturday and, and you realize it's going to be Justin who's a pal of yours and you know one of the most famous golfers in the world <laughs> and you're playing on Sunday at an open championship with Justin Thomas were you pretty pumped up about the about that for for your kind of first big Sunday in a major and first big Sunday at an open yeah I was ant man like he he is uh I, I think somebody I look up to in in the golf world like I want to play a lot like he, I like the way he plays. I like the way he thinks. I like the way he works. I've grown up, you know, we, we turn pro at the same time. We've had the same, um, timeline essentially. Um, and you know, when I when was playing poorly and he obviously was still like, you know, getting up to near number one in the world, he was always who I'd ha- I'd watch and just kind of be envious of in a way, not because of any other reason that, except that I played with him this whole time. And I mean, I knew I could at least play with them. So it's like, why am I here and you're way up there? So getting to finally, you know, be in a major championship with him on a Sunday, I know neither of us were playing all that great, but to get to go do it, I was like, all right, you know, we're moving our way back the right direction and, and get to go again. Like anytime you could play some of the best players in the world, even, you know, first day I play with Stenson and Cooch, 
uh, Kucher, like, you know, you get to see what your game looks like kind of. And for someone like me who, who still, you know, I, I do a little bit too much comparison, but, um, that's just like how my brain works, uh, to get to go play with JT and be like, all right, what did he, what do you think he's doing better than you? What do you think you're doing better than him? Do you feel your way out of his league? No. Okay. Then let's not trip out next time we show up at a golf tournament, you know? So like that always helps too. Cause it's not every day that, you know, I'm, I'm getting better tee times, but you still don't play with the number one player in the world every week. You know, some guys do, uh, but you know, the pairing's still like, I'm, I'm, you know, Stenson and Kucher, amazing group. Uh, neither of them at this point would admit that they're playing the best in the world. So it's like, you're playing now. I get to play somebody who's four, three or four in the world. It's like, all right, let me see what this looks like today. And he's not playing great. Turns into one under us. Like, cool. I saw how you did that. Like, let's, you know, just learn. And again, also he's my friend. So that helps when it, like, it makes it fun getting to play Sunday at the British open or the open championship, whatever you want to call it with one of your like best buddies from college, you know, college through now. It's like, man, that's sick. Hey, I had a random question for you that somebody asked me on social media the other day. And I wanted to ask you this. You wear new shoes every week, new, uh, new foot joy, very nice foot joy golf shoes. Um, how do your feet not hurt from new shoes every week? Oh, I don't get new shoes every week. You don't? I mean, I get them for like the majors, but no. And also because foot joy makes a class, like a classical, uh, comfy <laughs> pair of shoes. <laughs> They're not called premiere just like for nothing. <laughs> well, I mean, it's pretty good. It's really good. You're very good at this. You're getting you're getting better and better at the, as the pitch man. <laughs> um, but when you get a new pair of shoes, like for Major Week, how are your like how are your feet not slightly uncomfortable, even with the unbelievable job Foot Joy does at making these shoes? I mean, the, uh, you just I have no fear because it never happens because it's a it's a better I product. Gotcha. You're, you're not like Dick Bavetta. You don't go seven, seven pair of socks, you know? No, and, dude, and, honestly, and though, for real, like my shoe, I, I don't, I haven't gotten, I can't think of the last time I got like s- sore feet from new shoes. I, 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 I'm sure it's happened, but I can't think of the last time it did. Okay. There you but, go. There, there, <laughs> there's your answer. Um, I did also have a question for you. So, uh, podcast that we mention occasionally, we hate both the guys shotgun start uh, is the podcast. Um, they did a power ranking this past week of their snack like golf snacks and they did just a horrible job of the <laughs> snacks and you play professional golf so i w- just wanted to hear your i was going to go back and forth your power ranking on golf snacks and this can be max specific like your personal power ranking on the best snacks for the golf course these are my personal so five almonds the reason i put almonds at five is because they require a lot of water because it's so freaking dry so dry god but they're good brain food i need all that four is trail mix of any kind it has to have them m&ms in them obviously i don't I, again that's only four i think they take i think these all taste very similar but that's a four because <laughs> you have to you know it, it's it's a little it's, it's not as easy as like grab and go like you're in and out and you're, you know, it's a little bit, it's not messy, but it's a little bit more of a process. Hey, real quick, real quick on your trail mix. It's on my list as well. Um, when you throw the trail mix away, is there ever an M&M left in it? If there is slap me because <laughs> <laughs> then I ate them wrong. Cindy about, about two weeks ago, I had a bag of trail mix cause I'm, I'm trail. Like I said, I'm a trail mix guy as well. And I had a bag of trail mix and I'd thrown it in the trash. And he said, 
there's still trail mix in there. I went, no, there's not. There's no M&Ms left. Well, yeah, that, that, that's exact. I, I was on the plane. I had my trail mix on the plane on the way home and I was eating and I wasn't, I was looking at TV and I wasn't like looking obviously at the bag and I keep eating. I got like five straight handfuls of like no M&Ms. So it's just like nuts and it's terrible and no, it's salty. And then, and I like, I looked into the bag to see if there are any more. And I, I looked at it to be like, am I going to, am I going to throw this bag out of just nuts now? Or am I going to, am I going to keep eating it? So it's literally like I'm only eating it because there's chocolate in, in the bag. Is it fair to say the trail mix is the adult version of lucky charms where a hundred percent, it's just basically all you're looking for is the sweet part of it. It's just the marshmallows and the lucky charms. 100% they're the adult version of lucky charms. And I don't even know if they're that adult. Cause I do the same thing with lucky charms. If, if uh, I would ever remember <laughs> to get cereal at the grocery store. All right. So what's your next on your power ranking three. This is again, it's personal to me. It's cause I eat it every time I play basically is a peanut butter crunch cliff bar. Okay. Um, don't know why. Love it. I get it. I, I just, it does the job. It's handheld. Man, it's quick. Dry. Another dry option. Though, yeah, but this bro. has, it's just got the right amount of moisture not to kill me. Oh God. I just, that you've mentioned, and I have a couple of these on my list that you've mentioned, but just so much water to go with it. Oh, just bottles and bottles. Water. Or cans and cans. If you're in yeah, cans and cans. Uh, number two is a PB and J. And if you're being specific in a, a grape or strawberry uncrustable, I haven't decided what my favorite is. It, it's a flavor of the week type thing. Uncrustables, the nickname on tour for them, uh, I think is unbeatables. They're the best oh, nice. thing you could possibly eat. They're any time type of PB and J though. They're quick, easy. They're filling enough. Um, there it's just, it's, it's, it's convenient. And then number one, I would have put PB and J as my number one, but I am a podcaster and I needed to remember where my roots are and it is beef jerky because it is the ultimate steak walk. <laughs> oh, nice. Look at you. I'm so proud of that. Way yeah. to go. Um, <laughs> what so you, I'll, what go is quick, list? I'll, I'll go, I'll go quicker on this. Um, have you ever had a Laura bar before? Oh yeah. But I, I, it's a point of contention. I hate them and I know a lot of people that like them and a lot of people that hate them. So there's, it's definitely an in-between. I do not like that, man. Oh my God. I love every one of the lemon was oh, unbelievable. Man. I, I eat the, I eat a Laura bar. I think every day of my life. Right? Oh Currently. God. The apple one's so good. The coconut one's good. Um, peanut butter's good. Uh, Laura bars five fours. I did almonds and trail mix together. Yes. Yeah, fine. Kind of the same threes, jerky two PB and J and number one, I'm not on your list. Bananas. Bananas. Good. Yeah. I ate a lot of bananas on the golf course. So yeah, bananas a good one. So that that's that's our snack list. Take that shotgun start. We actually did a an actual list of them, and we thought it out and everything. This is <laughs> professional podcasting, Max. I'm proud of us. <laughs> um, I want to get in, I want to get into flights, and I want to start with a dumb idea I had. The weather was a little nasty early in the week for you guys. You guys are professional golfers. I've heard a lot of people bring up the fact that golf has gotten a little too easy for the pros, like equipment and. You guys just dominate and shoot a million under par. Here's an idea I had. No rain gear or umbrella ever. Just, <laughs> I'm in. You gotta, you've got to play with what you have on. So if you want to go Joey with all the stuff on before the round, that's fine. But you can't you can't put it on from the bag. <laughs> I'm in. I like that's a great idea. I'm all in. Yeah. What you, what you show up to. So does that mean if it's like cold in the morning and hot in the afternoon i have to keep wearing my sweater so that that's the i i, I threw this <laughs> I, I threw this at my wife uh i i as as i was as i was coming out of my mouth i was thinking about the same thing so i think i'm just going rain 
I okay. think just for rain gear. I think you should be able to put vests or sweaters on and off. So if it's going to rain, let's say at four and I'm teeing off at one, do I have to start the round off in rain gear? If you want to wear it, yes. <laughs> I love that. If, if you want to wear it, yes. I'm in. Okay. I'm in. All right, good. 100%. I, I knew you'd be into it. You have a flight. Yeah, I have a best thing I heard this week. Uh, we said it all week. So the crowds over there are just amazing. They are super uh, intelligent and polite and um, – they, they, you know, kind of know when to clap, know when not to. They're really awesome. And they also have accents. And I'm sorry, but accents just, they, it's, it's the ultimate, it's the ultimate power play. Like they just, everything sounds better. Yeah. This thing they would always say to me, I uh, got quite often and I'm obsessed with it. And I want to name uh, the podcast title this because we always discuss what we're going to name it after we're done is they would just say, go on, Maxi, go on, Tommy, go on, Henrik. <laughs> like just the way they said it. I never loved people call me Maxi. My mom and my wife call me Maxi. Like it's not like, you know, it's not like a dude nickname. Like, you know, hey, Maxi, like Petey calls me it as like a joke. Like I don't care, but like it's not the, my favorite nickname I'd have. When they said it over there, like anytime I had a good shot, Joe would like kind of look at me and be like, go on, Maxi, because <laughs> it's just cooler. Everything they did was cooler. So like that was definitely the best thing I heard this week. I like that a lot. Um, I, I kind of going along the same lines of just to be in the International Open Championship. Here's my good idea of the week. And I think this is this. This might be the best idea I've ever had on this podcast. <laughs> you said that before. And we, I don't know if you've ever been that close. <laughs> listen, listen, I'm just telling you, are preparing yourself. I think you're going to be in on this as well. I think you'll like this more than the rain gear thing. Well, yeah, I don't love the rain gear thing. I just said I'm okay with it. Don't <laughs> right, get so ahead of yourself. Listen, listen. So Colin Morcow calls at the British Open in his press conference. We argue every year, every year, every year that this event comes around, there are three or four days of somebody in the UK yelling at Americans for calling the British Open, and there's somebody in America yelling about how it's called the U.S. Masters and U.S. PGA, blah, 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 blah. It happens every single year, so we should put an end to it. And here's how we put an end to it. The person that wins the Clara Jug gets to let us know what we're calling it for the next year. Yeah, it's I their like decision. That. They say, if you win it next year, what you call it, Max, is what we call it for the whole next year. Does it have to be between the Open Championship or the British Open? No, whatever you want to call it. Oh, see, it was a really good idea until you just said we okay. can make up well, our own name. Well, I mean, but 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 you guys, but the thing is, nobody's going to come up. Nobody's going to call it the, you know, slap it around a bunker open. I mean, you guys are not idiots. You guys would call it an oh, open. Oh, we're not. Oh, oh we're British not. The British Open, <laughs> the Open Championship. Like, I feel maybe maybe we only have four options. Maybe there's four options, and that's what you have to go with. But I do think that the champion golfer of the year should have the the honor of figuring out what everyone in the world calls that golf tournament until we get to that tournament the next year. The main point is that that's pretty much the only way you can fix this at this point. Or Correct. You, you can, you can have it. Yeah. So if, if we need a solution, if we care enough for a solution, that would be the solution. So I'll give you that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And, and, and I, and I thought of that as, as, as Colin Morcow was saying that um, I, I also have a dumb idea. I've noticed you've been doing a lot more commercials, which I'm proud of you. Way to go. Um, there have been every time you do a commercial though, Max, it says Max Homa professional golfer under it. I think we could come up with something better. I don't know exactly what it is, but I think there's a better title for you out there somewhere. Uh, not okay. I mean, that is my job. Yeah, but it's, just, I mean, PGA, like PGA tour golfer. Oh, it's not just professional golfer. Two-time okay. PGA Tour winner. Yeah, you yeah. know, Genesis. I just, every time yeah. it just says professional golfer, you know? I mean, I just, 
let's let's get a little more creative to explain and define really who Max Homa is. Man, know what yours. So if you ever watch The Bachelor and admit it, guys, some of you guys have had to. Obviously. Uh, they are really good at putting like captions under people's names throughout the season. What their and jobs are. And they'll change are. them a lot. Yeah. And one time it was like some guys just said son like he was the son like they they i think they're trolling us i just thought of a good one for you if you were ever well not that you'll ever be on the show but if you ever had a funny under like the name caption it would say shane bacon wait 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 wait. you don't think i can get a commercial no no i meant not on the i said something else not the bachelor oh, you, were you okay. i thought you were about to argue that you you couldn't make it on the bachelor i was about to make a phone call get you in trouble real quick um but yours yours yeah so let's say you're on the next commercial for uh, golf channel and it says shane bacon their funny bottom would be shane bacon not an exotic breakfast food <laughs> oh i like that a lot crispy not floppy bacon like you like all, all you english let listen just make the bacon crispier, guys, and the, and just leave the eggs on the skillet for about thirty more seconds, maybe forty-five more seconds. If the eggs, the, the eggs aren't thirsty, so you don't need to put water on them. Like you can right. just leave them dry. Like they don't need water. I'll drink water on the side. Bacon, bacon is better if it's on there longer, and eggs also on there longer. They don't need to be liquidy, and the bacon doesn't need to be floppy. I don't mind the beans. I'll even eat black pudding, but I just can't do floppy bacon. I think it's absolutely horrible. I always leave it on the plate. Shane, talk about Colin Moore call for like a minute. Oh my gosh. He deserves uh, I it. Mean, oh, go off. Max, King. Max, it's, you said it earlier in the podcast. I brought it up on the show on Monday. When you listen to professional golfers, talk about professional golfing skills. If you listen to this podcast, you've heard Max talk about iron play and distance control it really does look like Tiger, dude. I mean, I'm just telling you, I, I know the comps come, and I know it's very easy to throw Tiger's name out about anybody, but the fact that this guy, we were showing highlights yesterday, and it was this random shot on eight, and he had 195, and he hits it to like three feet to this back right hole location, and it's right next to the hole. And I'm just, if you haven't played Lynx golf, if you haven't played in conditions, but even if it's just completely calm, to hit a seven iron or a six iron from 195 to three feet and to do it every single hole for a whole entire golf tournament, what he can do with these irons, Max, it's, it is so fun to watch him play golf. Okay, good. So I'm glad you see it fun. Cause I could totally see it as, as a, as a casual fan of being so boring. Cause he's so good. It's at so it. good. Yeah. Well, like, but it's watching brilliance and watching dominance. Oh yeah. You know, when, it's incredible. When you, when you watch like, like it's, it's a little bit like kind of when you watch Giannis around the rim, and I mean, if a if a non-serious basketball fan watched Giannis's game and said he can't shoot, you know, why is he shooting threes? It's like, because he's mastered this part of the game. Like, this part is mastered. He is He can score at any point he wants to there, and so he's looking for other parts of the game to add to it. Colin Morcow has mastered the iron play, and what we've seen is when he putts well, he wins. Like, that's basically the, the recipe. Yeah, he, he is. He is. He's been like this since college too, which is just like nuts. But yeah, he's was he in, like the amazing. first time you saw him? Oh like yeah, the first time oh, you yeah. saw him hit irons, were you just like, oh god, this guy? Yeah, a hundred percent. He just, I, I've really only seen him hit like a handful of of not good shots in my life. Like it, it's it's pretty, it's freaky. I mean, it's a two yard cut every time, every time. Like I, I, I just, I don't even know how to. 
like put into words how like robotic and repeated it is. And it's, it's, you know, Rory talked about it really well. Oh, this is what I want to bring up. This is going to be a little bit contentious maybe, but Uh-oh. this is what I want to bring up. Rory talked about calling this week and he's talking about his golf swing. And uh, it's always funny how, you know, players will talk about, tend to talk about the things that they envy or are working on or something. We all see like Rory and I had lunch one day and he was talking about how he's like, you do something in your swing because we were talking about his new coach stuff. You, you do something in your swing. He's like, I saw I'm like, Oh, that's really good. And, and he's like, you know, and he's like, and if I look at mine, I'm like, Oh, mine stinks. But he's like, but I'm sure you look at my swing and think, you know, it's like, yeah, everybody has something from somebody else's swing that they wish they could do. But it all comes back to like, yeah, we all swing it different and good in different ways. But a big thing that Rory brought up about Collins. And I think the thing that Collins golf swing and the thing that is, um, the most important part of ball striking that has become much more uh, prevalent and, and known since uh, Dustin Johnson, I, w- I would say, is face stability uh, and face rotation at impact. Jordan Spieth is really good at it. That's when he was the best iron player in the world. People started to, you know, really started to take on and notice these new, because we have the new equipment with like TrackMan and whatnot, the new, um, uh, you know, computer technology stuff is we could see that Jordan Spieth's face club face doesn't really like rotate. So it's hard to miss it. You know, it's hard to get offline. I know he has a chicken wing, but like he's just holding the face square as long as he could, as long as he can. Colin has an incredibly stable face at impact. If you look at most of the best ball strikers, they have very stable faces. What you can see that is as it comes in to impact, you hit the ball, and as the club kind of gets past your left hip from in, on a video, the club face is still kind of pointed at the target or, or straight uh, up at the sky, not tipped over. And it is hard to mess that up at any point, but it's even more important when the lights are on, when there's a lot of pressure. Um, you You if you don't have to flash the club face, your hands aren't flicking over your, your, your small muscles aren't taking over, you know, golf becomes easier. And I have a little take about that and why I think, you know, uh, mechanics are really that important. Thank you. Got a Aussie bull. Uh, nice. Welcome back to America. No more runny eggs. Louis Oosthuizen has a beautiful golf swing, right? It is as rhythmical. It is as enviable of a rhythm as you could ever watch it looks like mozart you know in a golf swing version but louis has like an open face at the top of his golf swing and he and he flips it he really does if you watch louis golf swing in slow motion there is a lot of face rotation he's obviously had an unbelievable career and the dude is one of the best players that will probably go down in my you know for as since i've been alive he'll go down as one of the best ones um Maybe not as many majors as obviously you would like, but a lot of them. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of close lot. calls. He's won one. I mean, he's clearly amazing. However, he has not, you know, this year he had a couple of kind of silly ones. And he, I didn't feel like he hit it that great on Sunday this week. And on Saturday at the end of the day, he didn't either. And it's interesting when you just look at it because he has an open club face and a lot of face rotation. I think it gets really hard to do that as the pressure keeps getting bigger and bigger. But when you have somebody like Colin and Jordan is another good example, obviously, they have no face rotation at impact. And I know this is like a dorky golf junkie thing, but everyone gets so caught up with pressure, pressure. It's because of pressure. Louie might not be that dude because of pressure. I was like, I don't think it's that. I just think that there's golf swings hold up at different times. Not saying Louis hasn't. He's dominated golf before. You know, he's won the open by a million. But I, I'm just saying, I'm not going on like, I'm not going on Louis didn't sleep all the night before. I'm going on maybe it just doesn't click as well on Sunday. And listen, I know you're defending Louie, and I, and I agree. I mean, he, I mean, we 
focus a lot on winners, and we don't give enough credit to a guy that goes second, second, third major championships in a row, but it does get loose. I mean, it gets loose when it matters, right? And to your point, if it's getting loose in certain situations, maybe it's because of what you're talking about. Yeah, I w- I'm just it's just a guess because he clearly he went 36 holes, and as someone, I think you might have tweeted or somebody tweeted, he hasn't missed his shot by more than 18 inches. Like it is a joke, and obviously you can't play. No one's played like that for 72 holes before, or at least not that I can remember. So you're gonna have these things, but it's just interesting to think about, like because you look at Colin, and you're like, man, he's so nervous, but he's hitting these great shots. It's like I, you know, I think that his golf swing was built for that. You know, it's not built for power necessarily, but it's, it is built. And Dustin Johnson is very similar. Colin basically swings it nearly the exact same as Dustin in in um, the grand scheme of the downswing. Like they have the same golf swing like almost exactly uh and and you know those guys have you know dustin is known for his ball striking um he drives it further he's taller he swings it a little bit his arms go a little bit higher um so he creates more speed but they're both known for hitting this like little baby cut and it's on repeat and dustin doesn't get nearly enough credit for his iron game but he hits his iron very very straight um and yeah and like you know you can say dustin you know he's choked in majors a lot like do in his career, he is not a choker. He's won like right. 25 times. Like he's the best golfer of our generation outside of Tiger. Uh, as far best as winner, and, best and winner. Phil, of your yeah. He's yeah. after Tiger and Phil, next guy down, that's Dustin, like the next wave. Dustin's the best one. So, like, again, a golf swing that is built to like win golf tournaments. So it's interesting. I wanted to ask about Morikawa. You know, we, I mean, we, we talked about him. You know, he wins the 2020 PGA and obviously everybody got fired up. You know, now he wins two and eight and it's kind of changing the, the conversation about Morikawa, you know, and what maybe he could do, but you know, him a little bit. I mean, I know you're not extremely close to him, but I know you know him well. Is this, is this dude like, is he a killer? I mean, he's, he's, the demeanor doesn't look like a killer. He looks like a super nice guy. He answers every question the right way. He says exactly what you're supposed to say, but is this dude internally a killer? Like, like a killer that could win a lot of these things. Yeah. I mean, I think so. He, 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 all signs point to it. He's a nice kid, but so, you know, I mean, Jordan's a nice kid and he's a killer. Tiger was uh, a nice guy. Yep. Tiger was a nice guy. He's a killer. So yeah, I think he is. And, um, I also think he has the benefit of, he has zero scar tissue. He's yep. never failed at anything like, and that's, you know, obviously that could get scary if you do, but who says he is <laughs> and who says he'll care? You know, I don't know that, but it's easy. I mean, we I was laughing as I watched him tap in on 18 and just kind of wave to the crowd because you kind of think to yourself, like, I don't think you get how cool what you just did is like, <laughs> and that's cool in its own right. It's in its, in its own right. Expected. Like, yeah, like, yeah, why not, man? You're that good. Like, that's the whole thing. You know, the Curtis Strange interview with the Tiger, where Tiger's like, I don't think second's very good. It's all about winning to me. And he goes, you're going to learn, you know, you're, you'll learn. And it's now like a famous one, and Curtis laughs at it, and I'm sure Tiger laughs at it. Well, it's like that mindset, for whatever reason, maybe because of Tiger or whatever, but, like, these kids win a lot in in in, in junior golf, college golf. So when they come out on tour, they – expect to win why would you not expect when i did the same thing i won on the corn or web.com tour my first year and i was like yeah okay yeah of course i won of course i'm gonna get my card i was one of the best players for the last four years like yeah you are and then you hit a lull and it's like 
wait, whoa, like this is scary. It's always what I've been so nervous about. Like these really young kids, like Akshay, he's doing a great job now, but Tia, like he's found a stride, but like, that's scary. You're hitting a lot of failure. Cause it's a lot harder, but you're like 17 years old. Like you should, you should be, it's okay to, but it's like that you're going to build up all the scar tissue and Colin is in the spot. Like a lot of these young kids have been, cause they're so good at golf, Victor, Matt, um, uh, you know, JT, uh, Jordan, all these young kids. It's like, I haven't really hit a huge bump yet. And Colin more so than anybody hasn't hit even like he hasn't even hit like one of those little, um, little dot things on the, on the change lanes. Like he, he's just been smooth sailing. Uh, his shocks the on reflectors. his car haven't even been, yeah, the reflectors, yeah, his shocks on his car haven't even been tested yet. So it's like, yeah. So you add all those things together. It's like, yeah, he could just keep winning forever. I mean, he does have that. He has a game. He's got the mindset. He, he's a killer and he has no reason not to think anything Otherwise, the the scar tissue thing is very important, though. I had a, I had a conversation with Joel Klatt, a uh, buddy of mine, you know, does a great job with the college football stuff at Fox. And I was talking to Klatt about, you know, Tiger and the Tiger run. And what's so impressive just as much about the golf game and the swing is he never, ever dealt with scar tissue because he never lost. And that kind of goes one of two ways. Like, I mean, you can beat people and win at Pebble and win at St. Andrews and dominate, right? But occasionally you need a couple of things to go your way. You need a good bounce. You need a guy to miss a putt. You need to get a putt to lip in. You know, I mean, that the, the putt against Rocco, sure, it went in. I mean, it didn't go in the center. You know, you think about the putt against Bob May. It didn't go in the center. I mean, those putts could lip out for Tiger, right? And then everything's different. I always go back to the amateurs with Tiger Woods, and I always think he trailed in all those amateur matches. If he loses one of them, and he realizes what losing feels like. Does it change Tiger for the history, for the rest of our game? And what I find interesting on this, Max, is you're getting so many young winners now, and you are kind of seeing this late 20s lull, right, where it does become your job. You have seen losing happen. You've not shown up on a Sunday. You haven't shown up at all to a major. You play poorly on a golf course you always play well on. When that stuff happens, I wonder how many players are going to go talk to somebody like Jordan or even somebody like you, Max, who played unbelievable golf and then kind of lost it and have now found it again and now feel comfortable. But it'll be interesting to see these young players, who they reach out to when it does inevitably happen, because it's not going to break like it did for Tiger for everybody, right? You're not just going to always get the breaks and always make the putts. And then you're going to, you're going to at least in the back of your head, know what losing feels like. Yeah, that's a great point. And yeah, that, 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 yeah, if you're if you're Matt Wolf's been talking about it uh, in, in the public eye, like he's had so much success right away, and then it's kind of went away for a little bit. I mean, and by going away, it means he hasn't he wasn't winning every week, right? And all of a sudden, it's like this isn't that fun anymore. It's like, yeah, man, like welcome. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a lot more losing than winning. You just got to kind of keep working, and and it's that's what more people are going to have. The earlier your success comes, the more you get kind of slapped in the face later. And um, I don't think that's better or worse than the other one. It's just going to happen, but it's always interesting because I think the hard part about winning early is all the expectation goes on to you even bigger. And there are all these comparisons to tiger or to, you know, anybody really Jordan, Justin, like all these Rory, all these guys. And it's like, man, like you win one tournament. I mean, you know, no laying up guys said it best like a few months ago when Wills El Torres almost won, um, the, uh, the masters, and it's like, how many majors do you think this guy's going to win? Three and a half, four? It's like, what? Like, 
You know, I mean, I'm with them because that's what your, your, your trigger uh, th- first thought would be is like snap thought would be is like, man, this kid's going to win a lot of majors. He's going to win a lot of tournaments. It's like, he hadn't won one yet. And you just don't know. Sergio and 99. I keep going back to this. It's so easy to say these things about people, but you don't know. And then when he does win his first one, th- he's supposed to win another one. Obviously right. he's good. Like, and it's just like, man, like, it just it, it it only gets harder as you go through things. Even with Colin, as good as he is, it's only going to get harder as far as like the expectation goes. And um, he, I, it's uh, from all accounts, is he's going to be great at that. Tiger was great at that. JT Jordan, uh, Brooks, Dustin, they've all been great at all that, right? Like they none, they're unfazed. But the thing is, it's just going to keep getting harder. Anytime you're around the lead, you're supposed to win. Now you don't win. It's like, well, what, why did you not win? Like there's a tournament at Pebble, you know, Dustin and Ted Potter go off. I remember looking at the line, Ted Potter is like a plus three fifty uh, underdog. And it's like, that's hard to be in a one round of golf. And Dustin loses and, and Ted wins the tournament. Well, more people talked about that term of Dustin losing than Ted winning. You're always the guy. I mean, look at, look at, I mean, you are always, there's so many examples you could pull up, but you're all the, the guys who have those expectations, it just never leaves. We, we are always asking the question of why hasn't he done more? And it's like, it just discounts so much. So just, it discredits so much of what they do in it, but that's, that's sports and that's, that's golf, especially. And, and some people are really good at it and some people aren't. And I, you know, I don't see why Colin wouldn't be amazing at it. Cause I mean, he, he is as polished, polished as you can get. I mean, the kid is smart. He's well-rounded and he's really good at golf. Does it, did it take you some time out of college considering how good you guys were in college? Did it take you some time as a pro to understand that, maybe T 27th was a good week. Like, did that take you time to learn that? No, no, I don't think so. I think, I think it's taken a longer time to realize T 27 is not a good week in a weird way. Okay. So, so, so like you, like if you finish T 27th, don't be happy. It's not that you don't be happy, but it's, it's different, man. Like I, there, there's a big difference between being happy and being like content. And gotcha. I think it's very easy to sneak into like, Hell yeah, T27 made 30 grand, like content. It's like, I don't know. There's a fine line. So I guess that's the difference. Is like in college, I wouldn't have been happy enough to like, I, I should be happier, but I would be definitely like not very, I've been like one to go bust my ass the next week if I got 27th. But now it's like, I see more happiness in it. Like I can see what I did well, but I also, then you have to keep remembering like, all right, like you can't sleep on like, a decent week. Like you gotta get, why did you, why did you finish 27th and not 25th or 10th or first? Like why every week you go through it. So I guess that's, that was more of a learning curve as you get on tour. Cause also in college, dude, you get 27th, 27th might as well be second. You don't get paid a dollar. Right. Right. In, in professional golf, you 20, you know, you make some money. Yeah. In 40th place this week paid great. Like I made a good amount of money. So it's like, all right, well, you know, you get used to that. So it's like, it makes you happy kind of, but it's like, all right, why you need to get better than that. So like, why, why were you there? The, the one big thing, uh, you know, and I tried to hammer this home on, on Monday on golf today, we did a, a segment called pump the brakes is it, it kind of went back to what you were saying about the major thing with the Zalatoris three and a half, four majors. I went back, you know, I showed highlights in 99 PGA with Sergio and tiger. And, you know, I showed Rory winning in 14 and speed winning in 17, you know, even Kepka now, I mean, it's been a couple of years since Kepka's last major, you know, we kind of expect these guys to win majors. When you start to really dive into kind of the numbers and you do more recent golf, so 1990, I went 1990 on, 
just of the players, and this is from memory, so if I forget somebody, I apologize. But from like 1990 on, the players that have won three or more majors, and I mean, the list is so limited, Max, but like, of course there's Tiger, of course there's Phil, you've got Ernie, you've got VJ, you've got Kepka, you've got Rory, you've got Podrick, and you've got Spieth, and I believe that's the list. Like, that's it. And so when you look at a guy like Colin Morikawa, who has two, and you think, so he'll win six or he'll win eight, and you go, he could do that, but history is not on his side for that. And if he wins three or four majors, that's also a hell of a career. Like, that's Hall of Fame stuff. And don't discount the fact that maybe he goes three or four years and doesn't win another major. Yeah. Um, so when Colin was about to be done college, I was in my group chat with some of my buddies from home. Joe's in it. I, I, I said, someone was like, how good's Colin? I said, Colin's going to win four majors. And Joe very astutely and wisely was like, Dustin has at that time, he's like, Dustin has one. Right. And it hit me like straight in the face. I'm like, yeah, it's a good point. Winning majors is hard, but I also said he's going to win four majors. Uh, so I kind of like doubled it down, but also at the same time realizing, yeah, winning two is a lot winning one winning one. I could see kind of anybody winning one, like anybody on tour is good enough to win one. Obviously it takes a bit more, but I think that anybody can win. Um, maybe can is the wrong word, but everybody has the skill set to win one, one great week. I think for Everybody's anybody capable out there, of winning cap- one. everyone is capable. Yes. Now to do it is a whole other thing. I, I don't know the, the, the mental warfare you must go through. Um, I don't know the publicity type stuff that the pressure that that must be. So like, I'm not discount anybody who's only won one. Like, I, I think that it's like, but I think everyone has the skills when in multiple man, when you're now supposed to, and you're a major winner, it, it, it's gotta be hard. Cause nobody does it. And, and there's very few people. You are a, you are in a different world of, or upper, a different ep- echelon of player when you get a second one. And, it's it's amazing, really. What's uh what's so now look now going through the open championship experience and getting a chance to see it. And I know you'd mentioned earlier one of your flights was kind of this links golf season, which I hope would happen. But the good news is you can in fact tap into a little bit of the European tour. Would you change your approach for next year? I mean, Scottish Open, something you're considering maybe adding to the calendar, getting over there a little earlier, getting some links golf in, any of that stuff to get a feel and to be even more prepared as you know, I mean, not just next year being the open, but next year being the open at St. Andrews. Yeah, it's, it's possible. I mean, the, the, especially being, yeah, the Scottish would, would help. I mean, this year we didn't do it for multiple reasons, but like the main, maybe not the main, one of the main ones is that golf course they played is not a, like a link style golf course. It's just getting over there, getting acclimated to the uh, time would have been like the biggest thing, I guess the time change. Um, but next year, yeah, next year, maybe, um, you know, I still don't really, think I have because this is my first year getting to play kind of all of them. I don't really have a, a good, uh, you know, bearing on how I should be prepping for these things yet. So I don't know if I should be playing the week before or not. Um, so yeah, so maybe it would be a good idea to go play some. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of, kind of learning as I, as I go, I guess. Just, I mean, just, I think just kind of coming off what you were saying about how much fun and how much you love the style of golf and stuff like that, just almost getting a little bit more time to get to play it, you know? Yeah, it's it would like, just be fun. Yeah, just yeah, that's kind of what I'm yeah. saying. I mean, if they, and, and, and to your point, and, and anybody out there that's listening to this that has any involvement with the European tour, for goodness sakes, let's put the Irish Open and the Scottish Open on Lynx golf courses. Like, that's, yeah. that's, the, that, that's what makes the fields better, and that's what boosts the interests in your event. But, Dude, it was it was a fun week. I mean, I you know I love the Open. Obviously, I love the golf over there, and I just always have. I mean, I fell in love with it in in 2005 when I was studying abroad and got a chance to kind of go over there and see it in person. And 
you know, I mean, it, it, I mean, that's, you know, one of the reasons that I'm, I love Bannon so much is that, you know, when you go to Bannon, you feel in a weird way, like you're in Scotland and you're kind of getting to hit those types of golf shots and see them come off the face and try a wedge from 108 yards downwind that you would never try in a million years. You know, those are, those are the reasons it's fun is because your mind's always racing, you know, unlike sometimes when, you know, you're just playing a golf course and you're hitting lob wedge, right? It, it's just a little bit of a different uh, mental game as much as it is physical. So uh, good week. I was pumped for you. Uh, what's your schedule coming up? What do you got coming up in the next few weeks? Two weeks off for the first time this that a boy? year. Yeah. What are you going to do? What are you going to do for two weeks off? <laughs> I'm going to work out. Uh, I'm going to get skinny. Uh, practice. I don't know. And then I'm playing Memphis week off and then uh, playoff start. So um, well, only one more event for the season, which is pretty cool. That's cool. And then uh, when you like now that you're like super golf famous and famous famous, do you have like the whole year set a set out or no? Oh, they haven't even sent us the schedule yet. So. Oh, okay. So no, <laughs> no, you don't have you don't quite, have quite literally the opposite. <laughs> you don't have you don't have twenty twenty two schedule yet. No, uh, they ha- yeah. I, we keep hearing like rumblings of it, but um, no, I don't even. Interesting. Not sure. Interesting. Well, there you go. So, so no, <laughs> no plans. Fly by the seat of your fans. Well, great playing, dude. I hope Thanks. you enjoyed it. Nice to have you back stateside. Go Suns. Do you think you'll be able to stay up tonight and watch the game? I'm going to do my best, yeah. Uh, hopefully, we'll at least get to see a game seven. This has gone, gone sour quick. Oh, man. <laughs> it's, it's flipped. I, I So I, I had to be up incredibly early uh, on Saturday and Sunday to do these updates. And so on, I guess the game was Saturday night. And, you know, I'm obviously on the East Coast. It's it's start game starts at nine. And I just I told Cindy, I go, I can't. I can't stay up. Like I, I just can't do it. I will. I will look ridiculous at five in the morning when I'm doing these updates. So I fell asleep at halftime. Of course, the Suns are up 19 and it's yeah. tied, and the Bucks are leading. And I fall asleep at ne- and I wake up in the morning. I got to check my phone, and I know the Bucks won. Like I just know that they did. You know, and you check it, and you and then you should see the highlights. And uh, I'm listen. I'm not some hardcore Suns fan. I mean, I lived in Phoenix for a long, long time, and uh, it's it's very it's nice to root for your hometown team, but. I don't want it to end tonight. I would just like to at least see it extend a little bit longer. Yeah, for me, I'm just a basic sports fan. So like at right, this point, right. like this, so I just really want more of it. Um, it would be great if it made it to Game Seven because it would be back here, and uh, I think it would be lively in Arizona. But other than that, I just don't really. I, 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 baseball is still not at the point where it is like live and die by the average game every week. So I need sports to continue being like very intense. Yeah. Football season's a long way from tomorrow. Yeah. If this thing is <laughs> yes. today. Um, Hey, what was the best shot you saw all week, by the way, before we go, anything Ooh. come to mind? Uh, I mean, there were a couple Rom hit that one that almost made the super Eagle slash beagle on seven when he needed it. Golly. Um, oh shoot. Anything JT, in person? JT hit a very good bump. I, I, I'm going to put it like this. The shot he hit, if it, you just watched like the eight second shot, you wouldn't have been blown away. It would have been really good. He bumped into a hill, one hop and checked it and it ran down there like kicking. It was a very good shot. Don't get me wrong. But I stood there and watched him think and it was fun. Don't know how to explain it. I just stared at him and you could just see his brain going back to the links thing. You could see his brain like trying to find the right shot, right picture, paint it, pick the club, stand there and just watch the whole thing. And then he goes, okay, and grab the club and hit it to like six <laughs> inches. And I, I don't know, as a golf dork, like it was really cool. 
Uh, speaking of golf doors, Max is now holding a golf ball in between his fingers. Well, much like to, Matt, been, I think I it's get like how Matt Cooch, it's like how either. Matt Kuchar does the, the yeah. two finger thing. When he pulls hey, the he ball is, out of the hole. hey, by the way, he is as advertised. I've played with him before, but I don't know if I played with him while we had this podcast. I mean, <laughs> his, what he says when he hits bad shots is he unbelievable. One, he played awful too. Like, so, you know, he, he never really had it going. So he, but he was cheery the whole week seemingly, but he would just, he'd hit a bad putty, be like poop. Oh, poop. <laughs> Matt, Matt, that is poop. And then he'd be like, he, I think he said doo-doo a couple of times. I mean, I'm looking at him like, are you, you are a grown man, Matt. <laughs> it was this, hilarious. This is still, I still say, I've, I've told a lot of friends this over the years, but one of the skills that I'm the most impressed with is the fact that Phil Mickelson can just not cuss when he plays professional golf. Considering amazing, all, the mic- yeah. all the microphones are around. I don't know how he does it. Kudos to anybody that can do that. You're probably a better person than Max and I, but occasionally just dropping an F-bomb makes you feel better. I mean, that's just how it goes. Yeah, mine's once a whole minimum. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> I, and I'm not saying this is like, I don't, don't, I don't condone it, but it's just this game has broken me. <laughs> is, is there a golfer that you could easily circle as the most cursing golfer that you play with? Uh, you don't even have to admit, you don't have, if you don't want to put it, I mean, I'm not necessarily thinking this. Is no, I can't think of it. I, it would, doesn't stick out on top of my head. Okay. Oh, last, last thing I had this written down, the Joel Damon battle. How are we going on that? <laughs> he joked so bad. Oh, did you, were you all over him about it? <laughs> yeah. Gino came in first and I said, Gino, I need to know how, what level of piss is Joel right now? Cause I, I, I won't say anything if he's, and he goes, Oh, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was down by four to start the day. I only shot one under and, 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 Beat him by one. I mean, what did he, he he choked? So I got to think of something to do uh, on sixteen at waste management. Um, it's gonna be fun. It's not gonna be anything like bad. He 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 was just gonna make me wear a bucket hat. So I'm gonna do something light. But I got to think of a few things. So if you think of anything. Let, let me know. Yeah, and, and you can tweet him, Max. He'll respond, apparently, especially if you tweet him about 18 times about it. He'll, he'll <laughs> respond. About yeah. It. But if you have a, if you have an aw- two things, if you have an awesome idea for what should be under Max Homa's name, tweet that at us. Max Homa, professional golfer. No, this is just going to say like the Yet, like the Yeti's brother. Okay, but listen, it's be be freaking creative if you're going to respond. If it's not creative, save it for your buddy's chat. If it's creative, send it to Max and I on Twitter. And the other <laughs> thing is, if you've got something that, that, that Joel Damon can wear that would actually make sense, don't send in Barney outfit or he yeah. dresses like a grape. Like the dude's got to wear it and actually be a professional golfer. Yeah, D- yeah, something like that. Like I- I'm leaning on like a... A bucket hat, but like I design it for that hole. Or Ooh. like last year, I did a shirt that I designed for him, but I don't know if I want to wait, do the wait, same wait, thing. Wait, are, we, are you? Did you really just say you designed that shirt? Well, I'm sorry. I, I well, yeah. I te- honestly, technically, by the what design mean? Yeah, I drew on it and picked the designs. <laughs> I was the artist. I'm sorry it wasn't good looking, but I that was still me. That's my brand. Shitty looking clothes. <laughs> you drew you drew on it with a sharpie. I designed it with a sharpie. Yeah. Sorry, excuse me. Design my back. Can't wait for you to be a billionaire on your on your new club. I didn't say it was good, but yeah, I designed it. I'm the designer. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Designed by Max Homa. We'll be back next week. Max, enjoy your time off. Enjoy your assignable. Enjoy actual breakfast. Thanks, everybody. Wash your hands. Get a Grip with Max Homa and Shane Bacon is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Turns out a delightfully clean home can make for a delightful start to the day. At Mrs. Myers, everything they make is inspired by the garden. With plant-derived and other thoughtfully chosen ingredients, their cleaning products smell like a dream and work like the Dickens, leaving your home sparkly clean and your to-do list tackled in no time. Goodness, there's no better feeling than that. Mrs. Myers, rooted in goodness. Visit MrsMyers.com today. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.